0: how said amen. amen amen amen. Yeah thank you Jesus. It's awesome to be with you only uh, not only live but online as well. We're always there grateful for that. It's so great to celebrate with Jesus and with you and I wanted to share with you that um I don't like like pausing before I preach. I love going right into the worship into the message but I got to stop for a second and share something with you and I wrote it on my hand. And there's a funny thing, you know, we talk about our weaknesses and being transparent with God. I, uh, I'm i just transparent with you guys and try and be that way all the time, and uh, so I'm not good with remembering what I'm supposed to do, so I wrote myself a little note on my hand. There's two notes right here, and so in the first service, I did the first one, and then I was like, and the second one is this, and then I never even finished what I was supposed to say about it. <laughs> I just said I had another note and what it is, so... I'm hoping I can do this right this time. (laughs) So here's what happened. Um, Back in October, we had some uh, vandalism, some theft that took place. And uh, behind our building right here, we have a bunch of air conditioning units that are outside. And they uh, jumped the wall and destroyed all of them and messed everything up and stabbed the lines of the others. So they were all shot. And uh, we do have a little different fence up there now so nobody can get in there. And if they do, they may find a quick entrance to heaven uh, to face God. <laughs> I mean, it's to try and give you a warning not to go in there. But anyway, that's beside the point. What I'm trying to say is, is that the fences we put up, because somebody took out the front ones as well, so now we have fences around all that. That cost us $10,000 just to put up those fences to protect those units. So we went to our insurance company, of course, and long story short, those of you that work for insurance company, I'm not here to offend you. <laughs> They're happy to take your money, but they're not happy to give you money, right? So it's been since last October that we've been going back and forth with them, and they didn't want to do... So The just to repair those units was $25,000. And uh, so the original check they wrote us was for seven. No idea why or whatever, but, you know, obviously we didn't take that. And I'm like, you know, I don't know where you're at or what you guys are coming from, but that's not happening. And so we've been going back and forth until finally they did see it the right way and sent the money. (laughs) And so here's the story is the fact that, you know, with every company we had come out to check out our units, you know, this building was uh, built in 2005, so the AC units were at the end of their life anyway. Uh, They are not fixable. You know, I mean, we could fix them, but they would not last. So instead of putting $25,000 into fixing something that's shot, the replacements, uh, we had three companies give us bids, and that was for the same equipment same warranties one company was 45,000 one was 55,000 and one was 65,000 yeah same work same stuff you know so I'm this is the this is to educate everybody if you have any HVAC systems don't just listen to one company get multiple bids cuz most people just do it you know and it's like that's crazy there's a $20,000 difference for the same stuff but there is the uh, company that we're going to use is a Christian man the Christian company but uh, it's forty-five thousand, and the insurance company gave us twenty-five. So obviously, there's a deficit, right? And uh, it's not like uh, we just like, hey, let's just do that. So there's a need for that. So I'm letting everybody know two things. One thing: listen to what God's saying to you. We still have to pay all of our bills, so we're, we can't just like not do the other stuff. We need to do what God's asking us. But we do need to raise that money, and it needs to happen soon because there's no AC in any of our basement. So the children's workers' classes and things don't have any AC. And so they need that, obviously. We live in the desert, in case you don't know. It's going to be 100 probably this week. So we need to probably get that as soon as we can. So if you have that uh, maybe in your sock drawer and you want to just like, hey, let's get that done this week, (laughs) you let us know and we'll make that happen. But I want everybody to know at the same time, which I try and make this known to people. I don't know what you give to the church or to the Lord. I have no idea. I don't look at that. I've intentionally not looked at that ever. Uh, It's been something in my pastoral life that I'm like, I don't want to know what people give. That's between them and God. I don't want to treat you different or look at you different. That's between you and him, and you'll answer to him. You're not answering to me, and I don't want to treat you different. If I know you have money and you give money to church, I don't want to look at you and favor you. And if you don't, I don't want to look down on you. So I'm saying that for me, and I want you to understand that in my complete transparency with you, that I have chosen to never know that. We do have financial reports every month for the board. I know the finances of our church, but I don't know who gives the finances to our church. We have a finance committee that knows all that. So I wanna be transparent with you and say, God is speaking and we need your help, okay? So you be obedient to him and he will direct you and he will take care of it. I have no doubt about that. We are looking to the district. They don't know this yet, uh, but they will. Uh, to see about a matching grant for the monies that we raise that they would match it and give it to us. Um, So just so you know, what I mean by the district is our uh, church is part of a group and I'm on that board. So I want to submit to them a request to help us in raising the funds because we want to do the floor in here, our building needs to be painted and the AC. So it's a lot of money. So just be praying about that, okay? The second thing, I remembered, (laughs) if you have an active email address with us, And if you're a member, you should. And I know everybody doesn't check their emails. Trust me, I know you don't. Okay, but you need to. So our membership here at the church is a yearly renewable. So you're not getting kicked off if you got that email. We're not like, I don't think we like you anymore. That's not it at all. It is an annual renewable. And so we came up with a form to help us because some people just join the church and don't even pay attention to stuff. Now, what I mean by that is it's pretty important that you know what we believe. And so... There's the statements of faith that are in there, and many of the statements of faith, they all align with Scripture, but culture doesn't align with Scripture. So some of the things that we believe and teach are from God's Word because we believe God's the authority, not culture, not government, not feelings, not anything else, it's what God says. And therefore, what we have in our beliefs are based in the Word of God and what God says, not what people think. And therefore, some of what we believe is contrary and goes against many of the things that culture is teaching. So I'm letting you know that you should know what you say you believe in, because when you check the little, yes, I agree, you are making a statement that you stand on the biblical truths that this church stands for. So please read that, look at it, and then affirm your membership or decline it. I don't care. And you're welcome to be here if you are or aren't a member. I don't know everybody that's a member either. I mean, I have to look over that list, but like if you came up and said, am I a member? I'd be like, I don't know, are you? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I'm saying it's not like you don't get an extra bonus in heaven if you're a member. And not like God's like, oh, you're a member. There Here's a little gold star. None of that's gonna happen. What it is is that we're just coming together knowing God's called us here and we're gonna be his church and do what he asks us to do, okay? Make sense? That's all it is. So please follow that because there are two other important things coming forward that that membership is important about one of them is we're going to have an election for board members from the membership is elected a body of people that um, represent you and we make decisions financially in the building the direction of where we're going as a church nine of you are elected six stay on the board three cycle off every year so we have a constantly evolving you can only serve one three-year term and then you have to step off for at least a year Okay, So we're looking for that influence of God's direction for us. And if you are a member, you will receive a ballot via email that you can vote before June 5th on some of those things, plus the proposed church budget. This is why I don't like doing announcements. It's like, seriously? (laughs) Now we need to know what God says to us, right? It's so important that we stay into what God has to say. So now we're changing gears from that commercial thing, which you didn't have a mute button. Sorry about that. <laughs> you're, you're stuck with listening to these commercials. I'm sorry. I really, I don't like them. I speed through them normally. It's like, come on, dude, get over it. All right, so let's get over it. I mentioned something last week on Resurrection Sunday, and it wasn't just a mentioning. It was a statement that Jesus Christ died and gave his life for us, and he's called us to live a holy life. He made that statement didn't give you any scripture to back that up just saying this is a matter of fact and it is and so as we traveled through this week and I was praying and asking God about today I recognized you know like this stirring in my heart about holiness and what does it mean to be holy and so that's what we're going to talk about today so as I do here's something I want to share with you it's not a popular message a lot of people don't want to hear it because we don't want to own up to it because we don't see ourselves as being able to. So what God has called us to, God has equipped us for. Yeah. Therefore, if God has called us to be holy, then God will help us be holy. As a matter of fact, He will make us holy because we can't make ho- ourselves holy. Well, let me tell you a little story about this, right? Because it's not a popular message. A lot of churches don't teach it, a lot of pastors don't preach it. And they don't teach it because they already feel guilty that they're not living up to it. And people don't know about it because they've never heard someone talk about it. Now, I'm not going to blame all the pastors and churches because you got a Bible. And you ought to know what he says to you. But at the same time, the leadership of the church needs to step it up. Because this is a dividing line in the Christian community, which is absolutely nine. If you don't know what that means, I'll say that's the word from my father. Uh, So that's probably an old school word, but that's just stupid. And I just put it in plain English. It's what God says. You can't deny it. So... I became a pastor without any educational teaching about being a pastor. You probably already figured that out. But, like, I started off as a pastor with zero training. I didn't go to school to be a pastor, didn't know what that even meant or what that looked like. But God called me, so I started doing it. And I was literally pastoring a church before I went to school to be trained as a pastor. So, when I went, um, they do t- preaching classes. So, they teach you how to preach, you know? And I'm like, well, this is never mind. Um, I'll just say it's not normal and it wasn't right for me and like you gotta write outlines and stuff y'all know I don't have outlines right so here's the way you write a sermon you give an introduction three points and a conclusion right that's what you're taught and so then like as you're taught to do this I'm like I think I might do a point and I do start something and I do end it so I think I'm good right? No, I wasn't following the status quo of how you're supposed to do this, and before I say more than I should, we'll just stop. <laughs> I don't think my way is better. I don't think their way's 100% wrong. <laughs> 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 so as we're in this class, right, we're, we're, we were given topics that we were supposed to preach about, and then we had to preach them in the class, but we also had to create an outline. So I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to do this. This is just like blows my mind. I've, I can't do an outline. like To write that thing, and then, so here's what I did. I would be like, Lord, you know this topic. Please help me. I'm gonna, I need to preach this. So then I'd go to the church with nobody there and turn on a recorder, and I would preach like I'm preaching to people, and I'd record it. And then I'd listen to it. I'm like, okay, that's a point. <laughs> <laughs> there's some talking over here, then there's a point, oh good, all right, so I, this is going to be the intro because I said that, and this is, you know, so that's how I did it, and I submitted it, and turned it in, and then I got to preach it to the class, right, so I was asking for a message for the class, I wasn't like thinking, you know what I mean, like God knows the audience, I'm not just trying to preach something, it's like, Lord, what is, what do we need to hear from you, so I preached the message that I felt like was for us in the room, and there's only like 20 of us, so you had a 15, you already know this isn't working, a 15-minute message, right? And so it's a two-hour class, and you have a bunch of pastors preaching 15-minute sermons, and all of them were doing it, you know, I mean, 15 minutes in and out, you know, because you're told your message should never be more than 20 to 25 minutes in schools. so now you already know why I didn't do good in this class. All right, so, but listen, I mean, it's funny, because Everybody's doing these messages and stuff, and you know, I'm like in this environment with all these uh, pastors in training. And uh, when we were done, all these guys were like, hey, and ladies, they were like, hey, can I have your message? Can I have your message? Can I get a copy of that? And so they were all giving each other copies of this message. And uh, so they were gonna take that message and go preach it at their church. And I was like really confused by that, first off. The second thing that confused me was nobody asked for mine. <laughs> and I I mean like I was like man really was it like what's up with that I'll tell you what it was a message on living holy and and the Lord definitely affirmed something to me when I stepped away from that because at first I was like what's wrong with me what what happened God I mean was that am I that far off base am I like messed up or something like what's happening and it was like wow you mean to tell me that churches that say they believe this don't even want to talk about it to their people yeah people that say they believe this don't want to talk about it to their people because you see we want you to come back (laughs) and so some pastors are scared to say the wrong thing because we're so easily offended and we might go down the street to somebody that's nicer I love you enough that I want to talk about the truth, man. God loves you enough because he wants you to hear the truth. And I'm not like, I, I'm not told, like saying something good about me. I'm like, Lord, I'm, I am constantly saying, Lord, please show me, help me, reveal to me. I need to change. I want you to know that. I do not think I'm something. <laughs> I need him. His word tells me. Dave, you're going to be held to a higher standard because you speak with your lips the Word of God. This is not a game, and I don't consider it a game. My stuff or who I am, I want you to hear me today because it's so critically important that you understand this. Am I involved in the message? Of course. I have a personality. I have a mouth. God uses my past, present, and my future self in what He does. He does. But as I do, it's God's word that I speak to you. And I want you to know you're going to answer to him as I will. And therefore, if you're uncomfortable with what you hear, that doesn't mean it's wrong. If you don't like what you hear, that doesn't mean it's wrong. If you disagree with what you hear, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just maybe different than what you think or you've been taught to think or that you think you think. (laughs) god is pretty clear with what he says to us i'm not really sure why we don't get it it's pretty straightforward he has called us to live a holy life god says that now i know that that's like a weird thing to say in the sense of thinking of myself as holy and if i came up here to introduce the message say hey holy dave here (laughs) <laughs> I want to give you a word today and bless you. You'd be like, yeah, I know who you are. Right? So it's not like that. And that's not what God says. So I don't want you to mishear what he's saying. This is something that God has called us to. And therefore, if God has called us to it, it's not only attainable, it's necessity. Right? Yeah. If God says it, it's a necessity. That's right. So we're going to read in God's word. Always a good place to go to see what he says. <laughs> First Peter chapter 1. Listen to it. You ready? So you must live as God's obedient children. Must. Not try. I'm I'm doing the best I can. You must. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't an obedient child. (laughs) And when I wasn't, there were at times consequences. Not as often as they needed because I wasn't always seeing what I did. But I was not an obedient child. So as I look in the word of God, I want you to see this church because he's not referencing your kids or your behavior. He's not saying, well, do the best you can when I'm looking because he's always looking. This is what he says. You must live as God's obedient children. It's not an option. But listen, he's not done. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. (laughs) But now, you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Come on, man. This is right out of the Bible in case you were wondering where this is crazy word came from and guess who's it written to the christians it's talking to us not to the world so god's word is telling us right up front you got to be holy in everything you do not in your sunday encounter in everything you do but we don't want to get hung up on that holy word Let's see what he's talking to us about because in that context of that scripture, we see something. It says something about holy. And what it says right here is you, have to, you must live as obedient children. So what he's telling us is an obedient child does what the parent says, so a holy life is a life of obedience to God. Right? That's pretty simple. Isn't that simple? Do what he says. Just do what God says. That's holy. Because he's holy. And he's not going to tell you to do anything that's not holy. And if something comes to your mind that is unholy, he says right there in the Word, don't do what you used to do. Because you were unholy. And you were never holy until God made you that way, but God made you that way, therefore now you live that way. It's truth. I'm glad I had one amen there. I'd have to call you all out on that. <laughs> so a holy life is a life of obedience to God, right? Come on. Don't slip back into your old ways. That's what the Word of God says. Don't slip back into your old ways. So a holy life is not living like I used to live. Like, this isn't real hard. This isn't like, we're not like breaking some new revelation, right? It's, God's word is pretty simple. He's like, it's not the way you used to live. It's the new way you now live. This is a new life that you are living, and it's a holy life by being simply obedient to God. Okay, so let's continue. Obviously, before I was saved, I didn't live holy because I didn't live for God. <laughs> I lived for self, and self is unholy. Dave was unholy and lived unholy because Dave lived to serve Dave now that he says you are made new, and now that I am here God has called me he has owned me and now I live for him therefore I can live holy because he is holy and this is being obedient to God the father all right now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy all right so there's no loopholes there's no closets There's no space where it's just you. You follow me? Church, it's not like God just looks at you on Sunday morning at church and like, yeah, that's my holy kid. He's looking at you everywhere. And he says in everything you do, holy. Wow. Now that Holy Spirit's conviction settles in. And we're like, oh, it's painful, isn't it? Okay, church, listen, this isn't like a legalistic thing. This isn't a guilt-shame thing. See, God's calling us into this relationship with him. Because he's holy, he calls us to be holy, and then he provides for our holiness, because he's amazing. (laughs) You know, when we look at that, I don't think I need to expound on that whole thing, like be holy in everything you do. Y'all get that, right? Do I need to pause, or are we good with that? You got it? (laughs) In everything you do? There's no loopholes. That's driving the car. That's going to work. That's doing social media. That's being with family. It's all of it. Be holy in everything you do. Okay, so we don't have to go there anymore. All right. (laughs) So let's just go to what God says. So the first thing that comes to our mind usually is, um, I can't live like that. (laughs) So God's word says you must. So somewhere there's a conflict, right? There is a conflict. If my first reaction to God saying you must live holy in everything. And my first response is, I'm not. We have a problem. But it's not that difficult to overcome when we look into God's word and ask him to reveal the truth of what this is. If you're just blatantly being disobedient to God, then you, yeah, you absolutely have a problem. It's called sin. (laughs) But if you're not blatantly being disobedient to God, then I want you to know you're holy. Isn't he awesome? All right, so what does a holy life look like? It's living obedient to God through the power and the conviction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. All right, so as we look, see, without God's presence within, we can't live in obedience. But with the Holy Spirit, not only can we, we must. As we go back to scripture again, 1 Peter 1, verses 17 through 19. So, all I'm doing is picking up where we left off there. You know where God says you have to be holy? Listen, his sword says, And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So, I'm going to keep reading, but I'm pausing here because remember the audience we're talking to? The Christian community, the church. That's who's being addressed here. So he's like, listen, church, you're going to have to own up to what I'm calling you into, and you're going to answer to me for what I've called you to. And you're going to be rewarded according to what you do with it. And I'm the favorites. So, like, I mean, a lot of times people, I mean... Let's just say this, like sometimes when they find I'm a pastor, anything that good happens to me in my life, and I've had a lot of good things happen, but I've also had some things that aren't that good. Nobody says this to me then. Well, that's because God likes you and he loves you more. Like, really? (laughs) All right, that's not true. God's word says he doesn't have any favorites. It's not like when the gates of heaven open, if I die, he's not like, oh, that's Dave, yeah, let him in. He's my buddy. God's like, I don't have any favorites. Everybody's going to answer Everybody's going to answer. Everyone. So here he is. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors and it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value it was the precious blood of christ the sinless spotless lamb of god hallelujah man yeah isn't that awesome god's like look man i bought you church he says i own you you gotta do what i say Now, that's not like a bad thing God's saying, look, you used to own yourself, and you know how jacked up that was. I made a way, and I bought you so that you didn't have to live that jacked up life anymore. And now I own you. Now you're going to do what I say, and it's good for you. Because it's holy. It's what you were made for. God created us for this relationship, church. That's why we were made. In the very beginning, to have this relationship with God where we can be holy because he's holy. Man, he's awesome. So it's obvious God didn't pay this price just so we could gather on Sunday and sing a few songs, hear somebody yak for a while and go on with life. God saved us to change us for more than Sunday. It's about everything. It's what he tells us. It's about everything everything in your life and how you do it and that you do it holy a life for a life is what God says that's his law he gave his life he demands a life he's like I gave you mine you give me yours we're all in all right church he expects us to live up to what he's called us to doesn't he I mean come on really of course he does and he's shared it with us he's told us about it he's called us into it and he's equipped us for it (laughs) if you've been around the church by the way um, I do know this from the preaching classes and I know this from listening to pastors that sometimes they go like way out here and you're like where's he going what does that have to do with anything and like I hope we end up where we're supposed to be we're going to do a little U-turn here but we're going to be where we're supposed to go I'm warning you ahead of time you're welcome I'm not lost. This is God's word and he has called us to holiness. Now please stay with me because this is all going to make sense if you listen. (laughs) If you've been around the church a length of time, you've heard someone quote this scripture and oftentimes you'll hear it in Christian funerals and it's talking about heaven and it's talking about the future and this is the scripture and you'll probably, all if you have been around the church have heard this. Listen to what it says. No eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That's Isaiah 64.4. Y'all heard that verse before? So usually what we're talking about is we're all like speaking this thing about can't wait to get to heaven for the unknown to be revealed. Not what he's talking about. That's not the context of the scripture. It's crazy how we can say things so often out of context that we all just think it. This is what I'm telling you about our thinking, our seeing things, and hearing what God says to us. Because Isaiah wasn't talking about heaven. Nor was that the context of the message. Remember that Isaiah's in the Old Testament, he was the prophet of God speaking to God's people. And he's telling God's people in the Old Testament before Jesus, there is something coming that is so mind-blowing that is so unreal that no eye has seen it, nobody's heard it, nobody's experienced, it, you can't even imagine it. God is going to do something so amazing, it's going to blow your mind. That's Day's interpretation of Isaiah 64.4. All right, but let's stay with it because, see, when we hear this and we take that verse and we speak those words and everybody's like, wow, something amazing is going to happen out there. Let's listen to what God's word says because you see this scripture is quoted again in 1 Corinthians to the church. And now we're gonna read what it says because you see, when we look in the context of God's word and I'm gonna read prior to it because it's important we hear the whole thing, right? So let's listen to the full subject of what's happening and you're gonna hear it in the middle of it and it's gonna make a lot more sense to us when we read the verses before and after. Listen to what God's word says because the subject is our salvation and our relationship with God. See, they didn't know that in the Old Testament, but check it out. We'll read God's word and listen to what it says. 1 Corinthians 2, verses one through 10. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Isn't that cool? Like, think about it. Like, I'm not, I'm not speaking in like these really crazy words or anything. I'm just telling you simply about God's amazing secret plan that he's had. Remember how Isaiah said, oh, can't even imagine what God's prepared for those who love him. And so now the apostle Paul is telling the church like, hey, listen, when I'm preaching to you and I'm talking about this amazing plan of God, this thing that God has planned, listen to it. I decided that while I was with you, I'm reading the Scriptures again, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God." Amen, that's awesome. Yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. I love that, isn't that awesome? Listen, no. The wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden even though He made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would have not crucified our glorious Lord. And that is what the Scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Wow wow you mean the mystery that god planned that thing that isaiah said was so mind-blowing you just can't grasp it he's made it known to us which was his plan from the beginning he's like i got something so crazy you're going to be able to step into relationship with me and you're going to be holy and i'm going to do this in you and we're going to have this thing going on that i planned from the very beginning it is so crazy to think that that is what it's all about and that's why it's happened and God's revealed it and he's called us into it. Man. I'm going to continue reading the scriptures. What God has prepared for those who love him, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. Oh, so God already revealed it to us by his spirit. The fulfillment, man awesome for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secret oh man we have already been given something that was a secret in the old testament days that the prophets longed to know to hear to experience in their own lives God can't put a secret but he's revealed it to us we have eyes that have seen and ears that have heard. We not only can imagine it, we know it. God has called us into this incredible relationship with Him, church and it's right there and the Spirit has revealed this to us. It's God's deep secrets. So again, I wanna just pause for a second. We will read more scripture, but it's important for me to say this because a lot of times I, I, um, I make mention of people with prophetic thinking for the future and I feel like sometimes I make that in a negative context and I don't want it to be that way. Um, but I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> but I don't mean it like that. I want you to hear me. See, because sometimes when I talk to people I, uh, that are like stuck there in the prophetic future, I feel frustrated that they're not living in the moment. Like, okay, but what, what is God doing now? What is God asking you to do now? What is he saying to you about today? right? Stop living in the unknown and start living in the known, all right? But so as soon as we read something that says, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets, we're like, you mean I can figure this out, man? God's going to show me the future because now I know God's secrets. I got his mind and I can know. Listen, Jesus already told us you're not going to (laughs) know, right? So it's not like God's going to whisper in your ear, I'm coming back, you know, July 21st at 10 a.m., pacific mountain time or whatever it is you know pacific whatever it is i don't care we're in phoenix time how's that if he just says phoenix time all right so he's not going to do that you're not going to get that answer so stop looking stop seeking god is saying something to us though about the deep secrets that he's revealed and the deep secret he's revealing to us is the salvation relationship that has been revealed through jesus christ that's it Come on, man, it's right there. So we who are saved have the Holy Spirit and we do know because it's been revealed to us. It's the life of salvation that he born in us. All right, going back to the scriptures. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. Nobody in here knows what's going on in your brain, thank God, right? Nobody. He says, right here in the Word of God, he's like, you're the only one that knows what's happening up here, right? So stay with this. Listen to what it's saying to us. Remember, we're talking to the Christian church. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit, and we have received God's spirit. Not the world, Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Woo, glory to God, man. Now, if that doesn't bless you, I don't know what will. Maybe it's convicting you, I don't know. But all I'm telling you is this, that we have the mind of God because we have the Holy Spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit, then we know God's mind. wow. That should blow your mind a little. No wonder Isaiah was like, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No one can even imagine what God's going to do. God's going to plant himself in a human being. And he's going to let them know what he thinks, who he is, and what he's planned for them. Wow, you think we should be blown away. Church, we should be so amazed. They're like, wow, God, I have the mind of God. And then I'm like, there's all our little brains are like, yeah, but there's this other voice. (laughs) Yeah, there's this other thing. That's not God's mind. No, it's not. You know who is God's mind. And you know who's the other mind. Oh, so is that why we were told not to live like we used to live? Where we satisfy our own desires. Oh, so I can know God's mind. I can know God's thoughts. I can know what God says because God's holy. Therefore, if a thought in my mind is telling me to do anything unholy, that's not God. But if something is calling me to holiness, that's God. Simple, man. Listen to God, don't listen to self. You're welcome. (laughs) all right so let's look at this here so we can know the wonderful things God has really given us so I think I used the I did use the phrase present tense in the last service and I already told you guys I'm not an English major but I did talk about verbs and nouns I think last week and I was right nobody corrected me anyway so anyway (laughs) let's just go here so let's do this English lesson in two in a row so God has freely given us. So it's past tense, present tense, right? It's both. It's the fact that God's already given it to us. Yeah. Therefore, it's not something in the future. Correct. It exists because of what he's done. Yes. Yep. So as I look at this then, so it says that, oh, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. So it's not about waiting till I get to heaven to receive something. Whole. Yeah. Oh. See, like this crazy idea comes in our mind, like, well, I'm not going to know and do everything until I get to heaven because we live in a sin. No, wait a minute. God says, guess what? I'm going to freely give you stuff like that's going to blow your mind and we're going to have a relationship where you're actually holy because I'm holy and all you got to do is be obedient to me. And I'm freely giving it to you. You haven't earned it. You don't deserve it. Here it is. Freely. I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord. So, the revelation of the unimaginable is actually the imaginable because we're in it. It's our salvation, it's the relationship that we now have with God because of what He's done for us. So, in that relationship, what God has made available to you and I through Jesus Christ is something that He planned long ago, He says. So, we are so incredibly blessed to live on this side of the cross, the empty tomb in Pentecost. I mean, we can't imagine what it was like to live there. We can't. Because you see, even when we were screwing up before Jesus, the Holy Spirit was still convicting. And they didn't have that. So we can't even imagine. Here we are, man. On this side of Calvary, looking back. On this side of the empty tomb, looking back. On this side of Pentecost, looking back, I'm like... Oh, God, thank you. I can't even imagine, God, all that you have blessed us with and made available to us. Let's listen to another section of Scripture in God's word, which always affirms his thought, his plan, his calling for you and I. Listen to his word in 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 and 10. Listen, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. God saved us and called us to live a holy life. So now we know God's perfect, right? He's just and right and everything good. So he didn't, again, save us and call us into something unattainable. The word of God says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us. By the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior, he broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. Amen. So here again in Scripture, we see that God has revealed to us his plan. We know God's plan God's plan was through Jesus Christ to give us the relationship that was not available before Jesus so that you and I could have that relationship, live it with him, to be holy, to live that life that he's called us to live. Friends, this is the mysterious, amazing plan of God for you and I to know his mind, to live that life and to be what he's asked. Now some would say, and they've told me, I'm talking about a salvation by works. And um, that's not true. So if you'll listen to what God's word says, we can put an end to that idea, because God's word is where we need to answer to, and it's what it's all about. Because what I'm telling you is not a salvation by works at all. It isn't. It's a salvation that's a gift. Let's just read the Word of God so I don't just talk. Listen, this is what God's Word says in Ephesians 2, verse 8. God saved you by His grace when you believed. So there's a salvation moment. Another frustrating thing with me, I've been through seminaries, and I've been through all this educational stuff, and believe it or not, had debating in a class of pastors of you know, can you even know when you're saved or is it just kind of like it just happens? And I'm like, hello, it happened when you believed. It didn't just happen. You had to come to a moment of realization that I need a savior, I'm jacked up, I can't fix myself, I need Jesus. And it's in that moment when you believe that you are forgiven and you're born into a relationship. Good Lord, help us, man. I'm not about seminary people going for a master's degree. And I'm like, you guys are, help me Jesus, that's all. Let's leave it alone. (laughs) God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. All right, so I'm glad you amen that and I'm all for it. But oftentimes we stop reading right there. (laughs) And here's where the theological conflict happens, right here. Because see, now if I just stop reading that and I own that belief, it's all on God. I'm like, yep, God did it. I didn't deserve it. It's a gift. Therefore, I can just go on because it's all on Him. But guess what? There's a ninth verse. (laughs) And so when we look at God's Word, it says something to us that we need to understand. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it. What does it say? Wait a minute, it didn't stop there. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Oh, so the works, the good things, the actual life, the application of what he's done is after the gift we don't get the gift because we do we do because we receive the gift come on so church we've got to do something with what he's done for us we've got to live a different life we've got to be holy we've got to be obedient we got to do what God says therefore if we're going to do it and live it then we're going to be it if we're not we're not sorry that's the fact of God's word it's not all on him he already did everything Now it's up to us to receive and live. But we're not living on our own. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, you know, it's so cool what God does, isn't it? Salvation being a gift, nothing I do deserves it, earned it, nothing. It's what he does. Therefore, we're made new in Christ, which equals living a new life, which equals doing for God. Now he calls us and says, look, you can't do it, I already know. So this new life through Jesus Christ... He equips us to do it. And we are equipped by the gift of the Holy Spirit. (sighs) See, we read that. It's like, oh, so now I have the mind of God. I've got the heart of God. I'm living for God and I'm being obedient to God. So now I'm actually living what he says for me to live. Do what he says for me to do. And I will give account. It's all right there in the word of God. We just read it. We've read these scriptures. It's over and over again. We're given the Holy Spirit which enables to live the will of the Father to do things planned for us from long ago. It's all there. So, you may not like the message and you may not like me. I don't care. I mean that respectfully. See, God loves you. I love you. Please hear me, church. This isn't a game. Just because he came to church today, he didn't get a gold star from God. He's called us if you didn't know this truth of God's word you do now and he will hold us accountable it's available it's real so as we do the action steps right now are you a born again Christian have you received God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ have you received that you did it by believing right Yeah. yeah I knew I needed him oh my goodness did I need him isn't it crazy that he just is there when you need him like just he's so awesome are you living a new life in obedience to the holy spirit since you received god's gift of salvation are you living in obedience to the holy spirit right now today that's what it's all about see if you are living in obedience to the holy spirit in everything you do don't start quantifying and classifying things if you're living then you are holy that's the way god sees you isn't that cool it's like really god you you really see me holy (laughs) he does man isn't that crazy he doesn't remember any of that unholiness he doesn't when we ask forgiveness it's just like and he sees us holy he's so amazing are you being obedient let's stand together Aren't you glad that, you know, when we have altar calls, and I do every week, that if God's always available, but he, the altar's in your car, it's in your home, it's in your office, in your bedroom, in your living room, it's at your work. I mean, God's available, man. But while we're here, let's take advantage of the fact that we are here. We're away from everything else. And if God's speaking, respond. Respond to Him. Whatever He's saying, respond to Him. For He's the one calling. Father, we love you. We're humbled. Oh my goodness, Lord. (laughs) So humbled that you would ever, ever call us. And not just call us, but equip us to be holy. That we can know your mind, God. (laughs) Thank you. Man, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you. Here you go, church. The altar, the door, as we wait before God, take a few moments to wait before him. Please be sensitive to Him. what he's saying to you right now, right here. When your heart's good and you're good, you're welcome to go. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.